Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today we're joined by real estate investment coach Edna Keep. Edna was a single mom at age 16, living in subsidized housing with her daughter. These days, she's a multimillionaire, real estate entrepreneur, coach, and author. Her passion is teaching others to have the same success in real estate that she's had. Edna, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about who you are and maybe how you got started with real estate. Okay, sure. I'd be happy to. So uh, my name is Edna Keep. I've been a real estate investor for 10 years. Uh, we got started through taking some rich dad training. Um, our claim to fame is, uh, and I think it came about because I was a financial advisor in my prior life, uh, I was able to raise capital for all our deals. So we own $47 million worth of real estate, uh, primarily bought with other people's money. And uh, we're really enjoying uh, a nice financially free life, although uh, there's still some work involved. We, we've decided instead of just sitting back and collecting passive income, we want to grow this. So uh, we're very active investors still to this day. Oh, wow. That sounds like a, a huge business. Can you talk a little bit about how you got started with coaching? What really led you to develop that part of your business? Absolutely. You know, I've had an interest in coaching for a while. When my uh, middle daughter was born, and she's 15 now, while I was off uh, work with her, I took some coaching classes and actually got my coaching certification. Uh, but being a financial advisor, I just made so much more money, and I just couldn't see how it could work. And really, I, I did coaching through my financial advisory business, uh, just mostly around money. Um, and then after we built our portfolio, like we had set a goal when we started that we wanted to own 50 doors in five years. And we were able to get that done in 18 months. So we attracted a lot of attention whenever we went to um, uh, seminars or conventions. Uh, people would, you know, get to know what we're, we've been up to and how quickly we've grown. So a lot of people kept asking, how the heck did you do that? And I said, well, geez, my favorite class was the creative financing class through Robert Kiyosaki. And they said, yeah, that all sounds good, but how do you do that? So I realized that people were really asking for some of my knowledge. And I, and I was thinking, well, yeah, I did it as a financial advisor, but yeah, you're right. You probably can't do it. And then I started realizing that, no, I, I could teach them. So I've taken all I learned from being a certified financial planner for 10 years and moved that over into the real estate world. And now I show people how to become uh, real estate investment advisors. Oh, wow. So when you were first getting started in your business, I'm sure you had a lot of ups and downs. I mean, every entrepreneur knows that it very rarely is it just a straight upward climb. So can you talk to us just a little bit about maybe a disappointment that you had while you were getting your business going and, and how you got through that? Absolutely. And you know what? We still have challenges. Um, so, so what I work on all the time, and it's something I recommend to other people to work on your mindset because, um, as Jim Rohn says, your income 
will never or seldom exceed your personal development. And I, and I believe in this industry that's a must because there are so many challenges. You know, there's market challenges. There's lender challenges. There's tenant challenges. There's, you know, uh, insurance claims. There, there's always something going on when you're dealing with, uh, with real estate. Um, probably one of the biggest disappointments we had uh, was was early on. We bought our first apartment building in late 08, 09. And we were actually working on financing through a U.S. firm um, because the, the Canadian firms weren't, uh, they're, they're a lot tighter on financing. And, and this one, the rents weren't high enough for us to get full financing. But this U.S. firm was helping us out. And we, we were working with them. Yeah, tomorrow we'll have you something. Tomorrow we'll have you something. And we're back and forth with the vendors because we're, uh, you know, we have deadlines. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, then one day we called and there's no answer. We can't get through. The lender closed down. And, and so here we are in the middle of trying to get financing. Um, we'd asked for what we felt was the longest extension that we'd ever, they'd ever possibly give us. Um, and so we had to go back to the vendor and tell them the story and that we had to start all over again, working locally. And, uh, and, and they ended up giving us the vendor take back. And, and, and that part all, all, you know, although it was very challenging at the time and a lot to go through, it was what ended up happening at the end of that building that really disappointed us. We, um, we, there was a lot of, uh, buildings being sold at that time. Uh, because there was kind of a, there was just a, an upward swing in our market. So people had been in buildings for a long time were selling off because they, they had never seen the prices as high before. They'd been paying like 20,000 a door and stuff. And, and we were offering them 75,000 a door. So I think they just thought we were young, naive, stupid, uh, brand new investors. We didn't have a clue. So they hung on, but they wanted to sell at 75,000 a door. They didn't think anyone else would give them that money. Uh, so they did give us a vendor take back and the, the, uh, realtor we were working with said, you know, what we should do with this building is condo convert it, uh, which basically was something a lot of people were doing then because we were really in our area. We were really, um, uh, there was a lot more immigration that we had for housing. So housing was really, really needed. So we thought if we sold them out as individual condos, we were supposed to make like two million bucks. We would have made on this building. Uh, and, uh, and, and cause what we were doing is buying it for 75 a door and turning around and selling it for 150 a door. So we thought, wow, that, wow, that's just the best thing that could ever happen to us. Well, it didn't happen. We, we did end up selling some of the units nowhere near the price we thought. Uh, we ended up having a partnership that we've been working with for two, three years break up because it was Again, challenging, uh, frustrating. You know, we got mad at each other, blaming each other. And, and really a lot of it was just a sign of the times and the market. Uh, so our investors ended up making really good money because we, we had offered them 20% return on their money. We thought we'd have the condo conversion done in two years. Well, it ended up being three years. And of course that took, and we couldn't sell them for that price. That took all the profit. We had, so we ended up working on that deal for three years and never made a dime. Just we put oh in a gosh. lot of work. But the the silver lining was, you know, we, we paid our investors, took nothing. And all those investors are still with me today. Mm. 
you know, so even though it was like one of the worst things that could happen to us that turned out, out to be okay. And and the other thing is, you know, we paid seventy five thousand a door. Nowadays when we're buying, we're paying one hundred and fifteen a door. So the if if we would have just kept that building instead of selling it off at condos, we'd be in way better shape. Yeah, uh, you know. Right. Something that you said really makes a lot of sense to me. And that was, you know, you guys made the decision not to keep any profits, but to really make sure that your investors were taken care of. Do you find that building up relationships is is important to having a successful business? You know what? We we put it number one. Uh, we we sit on the same side of the table with our investors because we're usually we're not the managing partner. So we usually bring in managing partners that deal with the tenants and deals with the building. We work with the investors. That's uh, that's our role, and that's what I teach my students to be in, in their role. So we sit on the same side of the table as the investor, and we're always working for the investor. What we do in our deal is. Um, we might take uh, like a small acquisition fee up front uh, to get the deal done because, of course, there's a lot of work to get it done. But we don't actually take any income from the building until our investors got all their money back. And I think that that's one of the things that's really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. They realize through good times and bad that we still have to work it even though we don't get any money. And sometimes we can't pay out cash flow because the markets aren't doing well. Vacancy rates a little bit higher, but we still don't take any money. So we don't take any money until investors are paid out. And what that allowed us to do is we built that $47 million portfolio with 25 investors. And, you know, to this day, and and we still are going through some challenging times right now, um, but I had a call from one of my investors the other day uh, because we're having challenges with managing partner. And he he said, I just want to let you know that we really appreciate what you're doing for us. Because we realize that you're not getting paid for all this extra time you're putting in trying to work with the managing partner to get things up to snuff. And uh, I'm sure you don't hear that every day because some people are, are kind of getting frustrated. And uh, and so that that really made, made me feel good because, you know, we, we do. We do work hard and our payout is after the investors have their money back. And, and what else we do, which I, I should make clear too, is, an investor, the group of investors might own 50% of the building. And then when they get their money back, they still own 50% of the building. But all their money is out of the deal. And then uh, that's when we start getting paid. So the cash flow then would be 50% to us and 50% to them. So when you decided to bring a coaching or a teaching aspect into your business, how many students have you have you taught through the years? Well, you know, I started my mastermind program first. And again, that came about organically. People kept asking and I thought, well, you know what? I'll put it together and see how many people I can, uh, I can help. Uh, I invited nine people out who had actually told me they were interested in learning from me. And I did a presentation and I signed up seven into my mastermind at 15,000, uh, a person per year. And, uh, and I, I, now, I generally have about 20 people a year in my mastermind, but I had people that came out and they said, you know, uh, we're not from your area, it's hard for us to get there, and I don't want to wait a whole year to learn all the stuff that you're teaching. Is there any way you can, uh, you know, do you have anything that's shorter? So on the fly, on the phone, when the person asked, I said, yes, I have a program, a 90-day program, and then I built it. I built it, I sold it, and then I built it. 
Uh, and basically, I took all the information that I had shared with my mastermind students over the last two years, and I put it into a 90-day program. And that one, I've now put 140 students through. And, and that one was just started January of last year. Oh, wow. For your students, once they learn about you, do you find that most of your students are already in real estate or are these people that are just like really impressed by the success that you've had and they want to learn from you or is it kind of a combination? Um, Well, I do get some newbies that come to me uh, looking for guidance and mentorship, but the majority of people in my target market that I can help and I like to help is people who are already in the industry, maybe have a few houses already. Uh, they're getting to the point where they can't get any more financing. They ran out of their own money. And I can show them now how to uh, help other people by being the real estate investment advisor, raising capital, doing a deal, bringing other people in to fund it. So, so I've been able to help them that the more the people that have some properties already help them a little bit more because I don't have to start right at the beginning to train them on everything. They know how to find properties. They know how to look after tenants, stuff like that. But what they don't know is how to get an investor and how to keep an investor happy. So that's basically more what my program's about is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some people also realize that they, they need to have money right from the start because they have not, you know, they're, they're maybe been working or laid off and, and they, they've got some capital to get started, but they don't want to take all their capital and throw it in one house and, and be stuck there for the rest of their lives. They want to build a portfolio out of it. So that's where I'm really able to shine, to take people uh, and show them how to take what they've already built and make it into something better, bigger and better. You're still in investing. You still have a lot of doors yourself. You're also teaching other people how to do some of the same things that you've been so successful at. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? What's the future look like? Well, uh, right now I just have a single mastermind in Regina, but I have students now across Canada, across U.S., and I even have uh, one in the U.K., and what I would like to do, and I've got students that are, are that have been in my mastermind for two, three years now that are studying to be coaches as well. So I want to take my program uh, and and almost franchise it out. Like I, I want it, I want us to have like pods around in the major cities around Canada and US, uh, maybe one in the UK, and uh, and because uh, we do another way a little bit differently than other people do. Like a lot of people teach and then they disappear. We actually partner with our students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that is a great profession plan because eventually I want to be in the point where I never have to go walk into another building. I teach people how to analyze it, how to run a building, how to make sure it's going to work and how to keep investors happy because eventually I just want to be the investor. Right. And, and, and right now we partner with our students and we help them buy buildings because one of the things that I found when I started, and I think one of our big uh, reasons for the big success, is we actually partnered with somebody who'd been buying properties for two years before we started. Hmm. And they took a lot of our fear away. You know, fear of getting mortgages, fear of working with tenants and toilets, and fear of lenders, and, and just fear of everything. And and they said, yeah, we've done it. Yeah, I said, and I, and, you know, and, and with mortgages. Tenants live in these houses because, of course, we, we live in a little bit nicer houses. And yeah, tenants like this, and we keep them clean. And you know, they look rough now, but we clean them up and fix them up. And we keep them in good repair. And you know, so they took a lot of our fear away. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I find that we're really able to help people too, because we don't just come in, sell them a program and say, sayonara, now you know everything, go do your business. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to, they can upgrade to the mastermind program. And that's why I'm really able to help them. I'll partner people who've got sales experience with a newbie who doesn't and sit down in front of different investors so they can learn. Uh, hands on. We also partner them with people who, you know, because if there's people starting out brand new and they don't have any network or anything, you can't get financing in apartment buildings. You have to have something, uh, experience and, and some ex- uh, experience running a building, uh, that sort of thing. It, it's like any business or they want to know that not some green thumb's going to come in and try to take over and do things wrong. So we partner them with uh, senior people in the group who've got the network, who have the experience. And they learn by buying a building. They don't learn by all um, classes. They learn by actually buying a building. And they might end up owning, depending on how much capital they raise for it or how much they put into the deal, they might uh, end up with like 20% of a building. Uh, and, and personally, I think I'd rather own 25% of four buildings than 100% of one. Uh, it takes the risk out. You have different partners. Sometimes one doesn't work as well as another one. Uh, sometimes one works well at one time and others work better at other times. So the whole partnering uh, with our students, I think, is, is huge. And I, I'd really like to see more pods of people doing it. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way of doing things. It's not it's not really something that I hear a lot of other coaches talk about. So I think that, that that's a really good idea for people to, to sort of keep in mind because I think that that helps a lot for people to be able to really jump in and get their hands dirty sort of and and learn with that expert being there and and like you said then partnering with other people that maybe have different areas of expertise they can sort of combine their strengths and I think that's a great idea and you had talked about that your coaching is you've got masterminds and then you've also got an online program are there any other ways that you're generating coaching revenue those are my two main focuses. Uh, we still make money in our real estate too, of course, because we, we built up passive income, which has really allowed me to explore all this little side of things because we built up the passive income right from the start. So, you know, our passive income pays our mortgage and vehicle payments and all that kind of stuff. So we just kind of go on and, and I love the coaching. I love helping other people. I feel like everything I've ever done in my life has led me to this spot. Um, and, and it's so nice to be able to see the success in the students from what I'm showing them. Now, talk a little bit about the book that you wrote. Is that a, like a, a real estate investor's book? Is that, did you write that because it was sort of a passion project or is it more of a strategic way maybe of letting people learn more about you and learn about your business? The second one. I, when I, when I started out, I was actually told uh, at a conference like that, that the best business card you can own is a book. And so that's why I, I wrote the book. It, it was kind of a way of introducing myself and introducing what we've been able to do. Cause you know, we're not rocket scientists. I never even went to university. I never went to college. I was a single mom when I was 16. So, uh, mm-hmm. out of high school, I was limited. I had to go straight to work. And I just want to show people that, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to get into this business and do well. There's tons of people that do way better than us do more. But we've done really well. And, you know, my husband, Nora, I went to university. We, we started doing online education and learning uh, from, from people who were doing what, what we want to do. 
and short-circuited our learning curve that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's been, it's been a really good ride and we're really enjoying it. And we just feel like it's time for us to pass it on to other people too. Now, one thing that I always ask coaches, and I find that for people who have been in business and, and have a lot of experience, that a lot of times they like to answer this question two ways. Um, what is your favorite strategy for bringing new people into your business? And you can answer that. Right now, you know, what is your what is your current favorite strategy? And then also if you if your strategy at the beginning was a lot different, um, maybe you want to mention that as well, because most of our listeners are coaches that are really just getting started. Um, yeah, very, very good question. You know, when I started, uh, it was all people that I met personally who got to know me and said, hey, I want to learn from you. I like what you're about. I like I like the way you are. And, and that's nice. Um, but in order to scale, I realized I needed to go outside my immediate area. So, uh, what, what I do, and, and this is what I recommend to people is, you know, do Facebook lives. Uh, I started out just doing regular videos, but doing, doing Facebook live, offering value out to the world, like teach people something, whatever. Uh, if, if you are, uh, a really good ditch digger and there's people that want to be good ditch diggers and go teach what you learn. Like everybody's mm-hmm. learning something new every day. Get on and do a video about it. Five minutes. Don't make it an hour long. Five minutes. Get it done. That's providing the value to the world. You put that out there enough, people are going to start following you. That's what I found. And then from there, uh, of course, you need to generate more traffic because the more marketing you do, uh, the more you're known because if you're the best kept secret how do people find you so now we also do a lot of facebook ads and and that's how most of my students come from come to me we say you know this this is what we do and uh this is what we've done this is what what we teach students and and a lot of times i lead them to a strategy call with me uh to see if it's a fit and for people who just go through some of our marketing funnels they they know it's a fit right away and they just go ahead and sign up and uh, then I get to know them over the 12-week period. And that's actually how I also feed my mastermind is through my um, my 90-day to 5K course uh, because I, I do upgrade about 10% of those people. And it's it's by invitation only. I get to know people. I get to know the type of people I want to work with by the homework mm-hmm. assignments they send in and the conversations I have with them. And uh, I'm really looking for people who, who love working in a team atmosphere uh, her okay at, uh, you know, bringing their uh, best self to the table. And it might be totally different from what anybody else is doing. Yeah, I love that. At the beginning, get out and meet people, get your name out there, do those Facebook lives, put the value out there. That's awesome. And then when you're ready to scale, and, you know, maybe at that point, move into more advertising and things that maybe are a little bit more passive where you can reach a broader range of people. That's great advice. Now, knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would you say to coaches that are just getting started? What would be your advice for something that someone should really focus on first if they want to build and grow a successful business? Provide value. Don't be scared of giving away your best stuff um, because people will know there's more coming if you mm-hmm. give give away your best stuff. Don't give teasers and tidbits. Really give them good, solid value, and they'll 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 come to know you, like you, 
trust you and therefore want to buy from you. And this has been so good. And I've learned so much in the short amount of time that we've had together. I would love to finish up now with our final five rapid fire questions. Sure. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? I um, I practice the Miracle Morning by Hal Eldrod. If you if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that, I, I yes. meditate, I exercise, I uh, I write my affirmations, my goals. I read them every day. Uh, so that that would be a great habit I'd recommend for anybody. What is one quality that you feel every successful coach should spend time developing? Listening skills. Give us one book that's made a big impact on your business or on your life. On on my life, the book by Robert Kiyosaki, that is, I do A students work for C students and B students work for the government. And, <laughs> and, and I always always do C students, but I love that book. <laughs> Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. Zoom. Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to learn more about you and more about what you're doing? Uh, what social platforms are you on and what's your website? I'm on Facebook at Edna Keep, and I'm on LinkedIn and my website is ednakeep.com. And uh, and my email is edna at ednakeep.com. So very easy to find. <laughs> Perfect. Well, and I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations on the show notes page. This has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You take care. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.